Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you so much, Dr. Jacob, for joining Michigan Minds. Could you please formally introduce yourself to our audience and share a little bit about your role at the University of Michigan? Sure. Yeah, my name is Robin Jacob. I'm a research associate professor at the Institute for Social Research and at the School of Education. And I'm the one of the faculty co-directors of the Youth Policy Lab. And I've been at the University of Michigan for almost 15 years now. That's great. Can you share a little bit about the areas that your research focuses on? Absolutely. So I focus on the evaluation of social programs that are designed to improve the lives of young people. The early part of my career, I really focused almost exclusively on educational interventions, evaluating curricula, teacher professional development, tutoring programs. But in recent years, realizing that there are so many factors that impact the lives of young people beyond just education, and that those factors also have implications for student learning and life trajectories, I've really expanded my research to include a broader set of interventions. And many of them have focused on health, both social emotional well-being, as well as interventions that are designed to impact social determinants of health, um, and really have expanded beyond just those educational interventions to try to understand a variety of factors that impact the lives of young people. Sounds like very interesting and important work. Could you provide an overview of the Youth Policy Lab and the work that is done there? Absolutely. So a few years back after I got tenure and my faculty co-director, who's also my husband, got tenure, we were talking about uh, where we wanted to go with our careers and were lamenting the fact that we do a lot of research uh, that sort of sits on the shelf in journals and doesn't get used by the people that we set out to influence when we started, started our careers. And so we wanted to come up with a way to have our research have a bigger impact on, on the lives of young people. So we cooked up the idea of the lab uh, and we decided that we would focus on partnerships. And instead of saying, well, here's an interesting question that we want to answer, we would develop partnerships with state and local agencies and talk to them about the questions that they wanted answered and bring our expertise to help them answer the questions that were most pressing for them. And so uh, that's where we've gone with it. And, you know, there's a variety of, of types of work that we do. We both do just general data analysis to answer questions about, you know, who's being served by various programs that state and local agencies are serving? Uh, what are the barriers to participation? Uh, are there different outcomes for different types of individuals. And then we also do a, uh, quite a bit of evaluation research to say, you know, is this program working? Is it working in the way it was intended? Is it working for the types of individuals that the, the agency is hoping that it will work for? So what communities does the Youth Policy Lab engage with in its work? We are focused on Michigan and improving the lives of Michiganders. Uh, we do a lot of work with the state of Michigan, uh, with the Department of Health and Human Services, with LEO, and we're also heavily engaged in Detroit, working with a number of different Detroit-based uh, organizations and agencies to focus on improving the lives of, of Detroit residents. Why is it so important to focus on the well-being of youth to have an impact on families overall and more broadly just society in general? 
Absolutely. So I think young people are clearly our future. Uh, and the earlier we can start to intervene in the lives of young people, the more likely we are to set them up for lifelong success. But, you know, young people do not exist in isolation. They interact with institutions and families. And our goal is to help strengthen both those institutions and the families that they uh, are a part of to help kids start off on the right track and set them up to, to be, you know, successful adults and engaged citizens and have, you know, the quality of life that we all hope for, for our children. And so you work with children from, you know, this age of youth, which sometimes we think of as smaller, all the way through adolescence and teen and into adulthood. Absolutely. So we start with pregnant mothers. We do quite a bit of work around maternal and infant health, and we go all the way up to college age students and looking at college success. That's fantastic. So I want to talk about some recently released findings from a survey in the Detroit Public Schools Community District which showed that a significant amount of students in the district had symptoms of anxiety or depression in the past year. And the survey was conducted in collaboration with the TRAILS program and the Youth Policy Lab. So could you briefly explain that survey and what those findings mean for that district's next steps? Absolutely. So the TRAILS program provides training uh, and mental health services for uh, youth and adolescents in schools. And the survey that we conducted was part of a comprehensive needs assessment that we did in the Detroit Public Schools Community District in preparation for implementing the TRAILS program in those schools. But we wanted to understand really clearly what was the level of need, how did people perceive that need in the district so that we could tailor our programming directly to the needs of the district. So we surveyed uh, young people uh, in eighth grade through 12th grade about uh, not only their, their own mental health, but about the resources that are available to them. We surveyed teachers, all the teachers and administrators in all of the schools. We surveyed um, mental health professionals in those schools. We asked them the things that they, uh, that they saw going on in their schools and the things they needed to better support their students. We talked to uh, police officers, we talked to families to get a really clear picture of what, um, what the mental health needs are of De Detroit students. And we did find that the rates of anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation among De Detroit students are quite high and higher uh, than national averages, particularly with respect to both depression and suicidal ideation. We also found that teachers and school staff are very much in need of support themselves. Uh, there was quite a bit of uh, interest in self-care and understanding how to support their own mental health so that the staff in the schools will be better equipped to help students. And so uh, TRAILS has now, based on those findings, uh, has put together a whole series of interventions that they're going to do in the schools. Um, they've provided support through the, uh, throughout the pandemic for, for students' mental health. It's been a very stressful time for Detroit students. And we don't know, um, you know all of our surveys were done pre-pandemic, so we don't yet know, uh, you know what things look like uh, post-pandemic. Uh, they've provided self-care, workshops for uh, faculty and staff in the schools. Uh, and then this fall, they're going to start uh, their traditional programming, which includes both a social emotional learning program, as well as cognitive behavioral therapy support for uh, students in those schools. So we're really looking forward to getting that programming going um, and then continuing to monitor and hopefully see an improvement in the mental health outcomes of, of students.
There was also recently a policy brief released that highlighted the barriers preventing Detroit high school students from enrolling and succeeding in college. Can you share a bit about that and what the Youth Policy Lab concluded in that report? Yeah, you know, we looked at rates of college enrollment and degree completion in Detroit, and I would say that among students living in Detroit, so these are not Detroit public schools uh, students, but uh, students in Detroit more generally. And what we found, uh, we found a number of things, but the thing that stood out most to me was that students from Detroit who enroll in college are not earning degrees. Uh, only 10% of those who initially enroll in a two-year institution ever earn a degree, and only 36% of those who enroll in a four-year institution uh, ultimately earn a degree. And I think, you know, we tend to think of the two biggest barriers for college success as being financial, you know, people need money to pay for the tuition and academic preparation. But I think the thing that was most salient for me and what we found is that there are a host of other barriers that I think we pay less attention to that really keep students from succeeding. So students, especially first generation students need help navigating the college environment. It is a new environment to them and they need help understanding how to navigate that environment and succeed. They need help balancing competing priorities. Many of these students have uh, jobs and families to support and childcare responsibilities or responsibilities for siblings. And those responsibilities uh, pull at them and trying to balance a academic course load with all of those other responsibilities is really difficult. And then they need help with non-college related expenses. So many of the students that we talked to, uh, you know, struggled with housing and food and transportation and all of these other things that, you know, just paying for the tuition doesn't solve those problems. And so my big takeaway from this is that we really need to think more holistically about how to support students when they arrive in college and think beyond just tuition and academic support to provide wraparound services for students. That's fantastic. So you and your colleagues have clearly been busy at the Youth Policy Lab because there is another recent study that I want to ask you about. And this one looked at career and technical education among students with disabilities in Michigan. Can you explain why it's important to not just focus on youth when they are at a younger age? but you also carry it through adolescence and into adulthood. Absolutely. Well, so I'm going to take this back to some of my earlier work where uh, I was focused on early childhood education. And I think there was a belief that if we just, you know, got kids off on the right foot and provided them with really high quality preschool experiences like Head Start or, or other programs, that they would be set. And I think what we've learned from that literature is that that's not enough. You know, it's great to have a really strong program in preschool, but then those students need to move into an elementary school that provides a really strong educational environment. And then they need to move into middle schools and high schools that also provide lots of support and a really strong educational environment. And so I would say, you know, our work is never done. To think that one single intervention uh, is going to set kids off on the right path and that's all we need to do is just not realistic. Uh, we need to be thinking about the entire scope of a, a child's academic career and also think about, as I said before, all the institutions that they engage with, all the other factors that influence young people and provide uh, really positive experiences along all of those different dimensions. And think about you know the, the process all the way from the time that baby is born until they enter the career, career and workforce. 
course. Um, so that's the, the approach we take and that's been our focus. You have shared so much information with us today. So if you had to boil this down into one takeaway for our listeners, what would that be? I think the most important thing actually that I have learned is about the importance of partnerships and that research is most effective when it is done in collaboration with communities and agencies and institutions. I think as academics, we have lots of theoretical and empirical questions we want to answer. And I think those are really important, but to really make a difference in the lives of people, I think we really need to partner with the people who are on the ground and doing that work and provide them with useful information and actionable information that they can use to make changes to their policies and programs to help support families and young people and help them be successful. Is there anything else that you would like to add or share? I don't think so. I think we've covered a lot of ground this morning. So I, I think that's, that's it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jacob, for joining Michigan Minds and helping us learn so much important information. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.